Hi, this is Steve. Yesterday we heard the very sad news that one of the great comic actors of all time, Gene Wilder, had passed away. From his first appearance on the big screen in Bonnie and Clyde, it was obvious that he was unlike any other actor. Sensitive and manic, one moment vulnerable and frightened, the next raging with a fire uniquely his own, Gene Wilder captivated us every time he appeared on screen. We spoke about Gene a few weeks ago in our episode on Young Frankenstein, and both John and I couldn't stop marveling at his intensity, his fearlessness, and his unbelievable comic chops. So, if you don't know Gene Wilder, there's no time like the present. Start out with Mel Brooks' first film, The Producers. Check out Blazing Saddles and, of course, Young Frankenstein. Check out Stir Crazy, his fantastic and unlikely collaboration with Richard Pryor. Then finish up with his tour de force as Willy Wonka in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Trust me, Gene Wilder is definitely worth your time. As for the cinephiles, this week we are finally leaving home to explore our first foreign film, and it's one of John's all-time favorites. If you've listened to him on the Top 10 show or followed him on Twitter, you've probably heard him mention it. Winner of the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film, Cinema Paradiso is a lyrical, nostalgic, and funny love story to film itself. It's available for free on Netflix and Amazon, and for rental on YouTube. I can't think of any movie in the history of film that shows greater reference to the importance of cinema, which makes it a perfect film for us to explore this week on The Cinephiles. And welcome once again to The Cinephiles, where each week we enter the world of a great film, explore its themes, the filmmaking, its history, and the influence it has on us today. My name is Steve Morris. I'm a filmmaker and directing teacher in Los Angeles, California. Hello, everyone. I'm John Roca. I'm a voiceover actor and host uh, and co-host of several shows here in Los Angeles. And uh, today we've got a film. You know, there's something that I knew was going to happen with the cinephiles. Yeah. And, and, and we finally got there. And what that is, you know, for all the movies we've done up to this point yeah. have been movies that both John and I loved. We were really ones we had seen over and over again. Yeah. You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Superman and Amadeus. And these are films that I knew long before coming to the cinephiles and had thought about them a great deal. Right. And I knew that at some point when we uh, doing this show, we were going to come across a film where I loved and John hadn't seen it very much or mm-hmm. John knew very well and I hadn't seen it very much. And I thought that's going to be really interesting because it won't be two people equally versed in the film. It's going to yeah. be a little uneven. Yeah. And today we have one that is, this is, John, this is your movie. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. And I, I've been known for loving this film for quite some time in the Twitter sphere and in my shows that I host about movies. Uh, we're doing 1989's uh, Cinema Paradiso, yeah. the Italian import that won the best uh, Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film, uh, and a beautiful film about, which is basically a love letter to the old cinema houses uh, in our childhood for for people of a certain age. Yeah. So, so normally I ask you how you came to the movie. This yeah. time I'm going to tell you first because my story yes, is please. so much. How did you come? So to the much movie? shorter. Okay. Heard it was a great movie. Yes. And in won the Oscar for Best uh, Foreign Film in yes. 1989, mm-hmm. and I rented it on VHS probably in 1990. Okay. Thought it was a really good movie. Yeah. And the next time I watched it was last week. Wow. Yeah. So I had not seen it since I watched it 
you know, almost 30 years ago. How interesting. So that, so, you know, that, that's my whole experience of the movie. Wow. I liked it when I was in college yeah. and I just watched it last week. So tell me, how did you come to this movie? <laughs> uh, it's funny. I came to this movie, uh, because like, like we've spoken about on the show a number of times, it became a cinephile or what you would call a cinephile through college, uh, through high school rather. And in high, in my first year, uh, or second year of college, I, uh, my first trip around, I, was getting deep into movies and I was l watching movies all over the place. Well, uh, at, uh, they used to show films at, uh, the college. And so that I was at, which I don't want to name. And I went and went to that college, went to see a screening of this film because I, this is what I would do. Like at the time I was studying diplomat international relations and cause I didn't have the strength or the balls to become an actor or study film, which is what I really wanted to do. I was too afraid to do it. And so it's uh, funny. You know what? I never knew this before, but you and I did the same thing. Yeah. I was a theater guy in high school. Yeah. And then I went, no, no, I'm going to be smart. Yes. And I went to college and I was a political science major. Yeah. And I was going to be a lawyer. Yeah. And then I just kept going back to theater and back to theater and back to theater. And I, you know. Once it bites you, it's like yeah. a disease, man. I wanted to be in the UN. That's what I wanted to be in. Wow. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to be president. <laughs> think about that. There you go, man. Yeah. And I went and saw it and I swear to God, it was a complete, what, the, what you see with Cupid, right? You see that arrow through the heart. That film was basically an arrow through my heart. like a, And I just fell in love with it from, from beginning to end because it reflected so much of my childhood growing up. Not that I grew up in a small Italian town, but my parents did and they told me about their experiences in Bolivia growing up in Bolivia my dad was in a very small farm town my mom was from the more the, the city La Paz but like uh, I got to hear their experiences of growing up in that kind of environment in the 40s and the 30s what they experienced and so to see it on screen at a young age at 19 20 years old I'm still becoming in my formative years it really moved me and that kid is me like I was always obsessed with film and my dad like couldn't understand my obsession with it so much and to see him grow up to become and, and see now still now as an older man I'm still mad in love with films I host co-host podcasts about films like it never leaves me the love of film and that's what this uh, movie has always represented to me yeah this this movie more than any movie I can think of is yeah. a love letter to mm -hmm. films mm -hmm. as an audience yeah. which is different like you know there are other films uh, that we could talk about like eight and a half that are about directors, sure, sure. you know, and that the process of filmmaking, there are films about Hollywood, right. there's, there's, you know, the uh, player, or whatever, the player, yeah. there's bold and the beautiful. There's yes. all these, all these great films about Hollywood. I even made a film about Hollywood, mm -hmm. just the assistant still available on iTunes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but this is one of the few movies I can think of. That's really about the experience of the audience, the love of watching film yeah. in the way that this movie is. And I think, this one, you know, sometimes we go into a lot of detail about the story of a film and sometimes we kind of skip over it. Yeah. And this is one where I think we really do need to explain the story because yeah. uh, a lot of people probably haven't seen it. And, and, yeah. and we really think you should. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, as always, we're going to say, look, we're, we're, this is this is a, uh, a spoiler podcast. Mm -hmm. There are other podcasts, you know, if it's a movie that came out last week, maybe people say, oh, we're not going to spoil it. Well, right. this movie's 30 years old. We're going to spoil it. And so... Uh, uh, the story is takes place as you said. It's in a small town in Italy, in Sicily, and yeah. it's actually the director who's. Let me get his name. Yeah, Giuseppe uh, Tornatore. Tornatore. Yes, and he uh, and it's actually his hometown yes. that they filmed in. Giancaldo. Giancaldo. Is the name in the in the movie? Yes. Yeah. They, yeah it's and it's in Sicily. Town. It's yeah. right after World War Two. Yeah. And the story is a young boy who. Uh, is being raised by his mother and his father has not come back from World War II. We don't yet know if he's survived, but the speculation is he didn't make it. Yeah. And 
and he loves movies. Mm-hmm. And he and there's a small movie theater in the center in the town square, and the little boy cannot stop himself. He keeps getting into that movie theater. Yeah, literally the definition of the word precocious. Yeah, yeah. By the way, one of the cutest child actors, my lord, of all time. Right. And in we see his relationship with the in the film uh, with the movie theater is connected to his relationship to Alfredo, the yeah. projectionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually I should say that the movie is bookended with um, uh, the current day uh, man gets a call from his mother to tell him that Alfredo has died. So we, right. we know that Alfredo has died in the current day and we watch this story with this boy in this relationship with this man, Alfredo, as we watch the town and all the people of the town, both in their recovery after World War II and also just the little details of town life. The crazy guy who believes that he owns the town square. Right. The priest who's cutting all the kissing scenes out of all the movies. It's so great. All these people, the, 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 the difference in classes between the people who sit in the balcony and the people who sit below. And we're seeing this in sort of glimpses of daily life yeah. as the bond between Alfredo and uh, the little boy. Yeah, Toto. Toto yeah. uh, grows. Yeah. And throughout all of this is this love of cinema, of film. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and then, should we ruin the whole film? Well, I mean, we said we're going to spoil it, so yeah. as he gets um, older. I mean, what, what I'll say is that, I, I, I'll, I'll avoid spoiling everything, but what I'll say is that we see Toto as he grows older, mm-hmm. and we see as his relationship with Alfredo changes, yeah. and that Toto becomes the projectionist, and yeah. connected to this place, the Paradiso, that's the name of the cinema. Yeah. And uh, in Toto's first love, and him, and then him finally, as Alfredo pushes him out of the small town and mm-hmm. says, "You must go to Rome. Mm-hmm. You must become what you must become, and never look back at this town." Right. Uh, until eventually, at the very end, we see him come back finally yeah. after thirty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great synopsis. Yeah. Um, so, it, 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 and I think this film is very, very unique, and it's both episodic mm-hmm. and it. Uh, lyrical yes. in its in its approach in watching the film yeah what do you think what is it that hooks you in the most i think it's a it's because you if you love film the way this kid loves film in the movie you can't help but be uh connected to it because you have experienced those same emotions those same feelings the fact that he sees the world as a film because he's so influenced by film even the love story that exists between toto and elena later on in the film i today this is the first, when i watched it earlier this morning before we recorded i went back and i timed the amount of time they actually spend together falling in love it's literally less than 10 minutes from meeting to falling in love to end it is 10 minutes of screen time tops and that's what's fascinating to me because it works for the movie the movie itself is a movie within a movie within a movie there's so much going on within it that is evocative of movies itself and he lives his life as scenes from a movie as eras in a movie like he's in the military he's uh but then he's quickly out of the military and then he's doing this and then he would like he even the transcendence uh, trend, uh even the growing up from a kid to a to a teenager which is so fantastically done with just one wipe of alfredo's hand across his face becomes he becomes a teenager and they cast it so perfectly that you are immediately attracted or connected to the little kid and to the teenage version and to the old version of Toto because they are very much living in their skin at the time being themselves and exploring the world or having a a view a wonder about the world even with older Toto when he comes back he is experiencing the town all over again 30 years later how the changes to all the old people that like the, the guy who came in 
in and won the lottery and redid the Paradiso, the uh, the 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 priest, the two people who met at the theater fell in love and had kids. Like he sees all of them, you know, the old guy who kept falling asleep, and and then even the crazy guy comes running through, and then the guy who was illiterate who helped Alfredo with the theater. You see them all as they age, and so to me, that's what I love about the film is the connection to a a life of a, a long ago that I heard in stories from my parents and to see it brought with such life and the score you cannot absolutely cannot state how much the score by Ennio Morricone change I'm mean, just really hooks you into the movie it's one of the most beautiful scores he's ever done so different because you think of Marconi and you think of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes, of course. You think of uh, or The, the Mission. Mission's yeah. fantastic score. Right. And although you can hear some of the instrumentation and some of the orchestration, the, there's you can hear this as the same guy, yeah. but you don't go Marconi, oh, lyrical and yes. sweet and melancholy. Those are not the terms, and yet this score is it's really powerful. Yeah. I, I want to go back to, to something else that you said, is that you talk about each of the people in the town. Yeah. Um, is that... What Toto is really is an observer. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of fascinating to me because that's what watching movies is. Yeah. Is that is and that's how we feel as how I feel a lot of times in life is yeah. is sitting back and watching, not being a part of. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that you know what's brought me to be, you know, wanting to be an artist or a writer is is not an ability to connect, but sometimes an inability to connect. Mm. You know what I mean? Is that is that feeling as the observer, you get privilege to see stuff that people that are more participatory might be missing out on yeah you know and this movie is really you're watching this town and not participating toto doesn't do that much no and even when you get to like the as you said the relationship with elena yeah it's very short and it is beautifully but cinematic beautiful yeah you know from the you know sneaking into the confessional to take her confession and then yeah. whispering to her yeah. to their first be one of the best first hugs and kisses of any movie i can think of because yeah. there's such a great build to it um i want to go back to something because i was thinking about it quite a bit in yeah. watching the film is what this shows let me put the start this in a different way okay my kid jackson yeah he's growing up in a world where all media is available to him yeah. all the time mm -hmm. so if he says i want to hear this song he has an expectation that he should get to hear that song right yeah. now i want to watch this show i want to have this right now and that's the world that he is it's not the world that you and i grew up no in. no you and i if we wanted to see something well it had to come on if we wanted right. to hear a song it had to come on the radio and it probably wouldn't right and that we still had much more options in terms of entertainment than the people in this film did. Yeah. And that what's interesting to me, because to me it goes back to the church, there's a connection between yeah. the church and the cinema, mm -hmm. is that prior to 1900, the main source of entertainment for basically everybody was the church. Mm. That's where you went. You know, there's a reason why the architecture of the church is the, is the way that it is, yeah. is because that was the entertainment. 
you know, you came into the church, you're in a small town. The church is the most beautiful building in the town. It yeah. has these stained glass windows. That's the, that's the storytelling. Yeah. The stories that the music that you hear was church music. And so it's interesting that after 1900, suddenly there's the competition from the cinema. And in a lot of ways, the way it's treated, that's, there's a very clear relationship between the church and the cinema in right. this film. And that the coming together of, of a communal space to watch this film together is so completely different from what my kid yeah. experiences in terms of his relationship to media yeah. because his relationship is I want to see that and it's what he wants and he gets to have it and that's it right. as opposed to this is what's playing and we as a community are all going together to experience this this thing as a group mm -hmm. And that's something that I don't know. I mean, I think we still have it to some degree, but not like this. Well, it depends on the town you're in, right? I mean, like a lot of us here in Los Angeles, and you know this as friends, we've been friends a long time, like we'll go see opening night. Oh, you yeah. know, when we went to see Star Wars The Force Awakens, 53 of us went to see that film. It yeah. was a lot of people. You've been part of the larger groups we go when we go see this film. So we're all, we do that because of we love of film, because of the desire, and because we are, most of us in, that, in our group of friends are young enough to remember when it was an event to go see a movie so we still hold on to that joy of the event of it you know it's so much fun um but i think and but i think in other towns it's not that big of a deal you know it's not that there's not that film that desire to go and see it it's not as huge you know and so it just all depends on what town well, you're in I think. And, and you don't know everyone in the audience right you know it's like you it go was, to the multiplex yeah. and it's like well i'm in this movie and you yeah. know I'm, I'm with a bunch of strangers in the, at the paradiso they, that's all. They all know each other. Yeah, they're all there together. Yeah. And I get the sense from that is that they went there all the time. Yes, it's it's not you know maybe not every night, yeah. but a lot of nights. And they saw the same movies over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it was this you know, and they talked during the movie, and they ate during the movie, right. and they smoked during the movie, they had sex during the they movie, had sex during the movie, masturbate during the movie, all yeah. kinds. Of and stuff. this yep. you see this whole realm of of life going on yeah. in the film. And, and it's funny, like. There's talk today of, you know, these day and date releases where you release something digitally yeah. at the same time you release it in theater. And I totally understand why economically that might make sense. Sure. Nothing like seeing a movie in a movie theater. Well, and this is the Me. thing. This, and you're absolutely right, Steve. And that's what's so great about this movie because it really brings back that love of being in the cinema house. What that means, what that signified. But also, not just as a progression of a society, but also there was maybe one of the only ways that you could connect with everybody in a common place. You know, a lot of people, I watch interviews with a lot of people. Like I was watching the 50 Years of Star Trek the other day on right. History Channel. And uh, Chekhov, I mean, well, sorry, Walter Koenig uh, said, that it there, there's a day that does, there's not there's hardly a day that doesn't go by where people and Riker uh, Jonathan Frake said the same thing where people come up to them and s don't say like watching Star Trek was the only time people in my house could get together and not fight and that's fascinating and that film yeah. is the same way watching film was the only time maybe these people from different political leanings which we saw in the movie which is right. so great could be in one room and enjoy something together put away their political leanings and laugh or and or, and cry and 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 experience stuff together it's so a connection of humanity and that's what i think uh, we've been hitting the death knell on theaters for quite some time now you know the more we go digital the more we do all these kinds of things the more the movie houses have to step up and become this laser 3D and become and give more screenings because they want to attract people back into the theater because there's nothing like that experience. There really isn't. Seeing a movie at home is not the same thing, and I will never believe it is. No, I mean, I like controlling my own. I like sitting on my comfy couch, uh -huh. and I've got my nice cocktail that I made myself, and I'm right. enjoying my... Yeah, it's nice. 
nothing like going into a movie theater. No, man. There's just something about, like, for one of the biggest ones is if you're going to see a comedy and yeah. you want to, you got to go see it in the theater. Yeah. Because that's where you're going to get the experience. And I've had the, I'm sure you've had this too, where you see a movie in the theater, like, it's so funny, it's so exciting. Then you see it at home a year later and you're like, huh. Well, what happened there? And part of it is that you're feeding off of the room. Right. There's an experience of being in the room. And it's funny. I've ha- I'm sure you've had this, too. When I don't know if you had this with your family or not. When you say, okay, I'm going to go into the entertainment industry. I want to be an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes there are people that demean that stuff and go, oh, it's not important. Right. Like, entertainment's not important. Right. And you watch the place that that cinema has in this town. Mm-hmm. You go, no, this is important. Yeah. Stories are important. The stories that we share together as communities that's important. Yeah, and you have the mom symbolizing the one trying to stop him from his love yeah. of film, you know, spanking him and telling him it's ridiculous when he almost sets his sister on fire accidentally by leaving the film yeah. clips. The the back then the film would catch on fire really easily because of the stock it was made from. It was flammable. So, uh, you know, the, the, the mom is telling him it's ridiculous. It's stop stop you're crazy about films, you're obsessed about films. There's always someone who's going to tell you not to pursue this. And even uh Alfredo has it, which is one of my favorite scenes because I've lived this scene and anybody who's gone into theater or film, I think for the most part has lived this scene. Alfredo is telling him because Alfredo becomes his pseudo father, right? Absolutely. And he's telling him, don't be a projectionist. Don't be, don't get into this life. This life is so difficult. You know, you're, you're not really, you're not going to be happy. You know, go be something else. Go do something. It's what everyone tells you, right? They test you as a way of, of wanting, if you really want it bad enough in this business, because this business is tough. Not everyone can survive in it and you do what you can to make it if you really believe in yourself and he's telling him don't do this at a young age like at five or six however old he's when he's telling him like that's terrible and the kid won't stop why because it's in his blood and some people are just born with intrinsic nature of love of film well and you say that oh the mom is trying to tell him it's ridiculous it is ridiculous right you know (laughs) it's make-believe and 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 it's also you know the people in the people that i've known that have been really successful are obsessed to a ridiculous degree yes you know and the people and we've all known people whether they're the guy that runs the comic book store or the person who knows every single player on the sports team yeah. going back to 1950 whatever like it's ridiculous yeah and yet there's something in some of us that is obsessed yeah and that's what we see and Toto doesn't even know at the beginning what he's obsessed with right he just knows that he loves the movies yeah and he doesn't because what's interesting is that we come to learn that he's actually become a film director. Yes. You know, but, you know, and because I agree with Alfredo, actually, don't be a projectionist. Yeah. You know, you can do maybe a little bit better. Right. That might be true. But there's this moment of like, oh, his history of his education of watching movies yeah. over and over and over. And he's just expressing this love of movies in the projection projector booth. Yeah. That translates into him becoming a director someday. Yeah. That that all of the experiences you get the sense that he pulled in all this experience of the town and all the experience from film and that he's putting that out into his movies. Yeah. And he's learning how and what better teacher than films themselves yeah. and classic films themselves we saw so many classic films that are uh, they, they have snippets of throughout the film Stagecoach the Jean Renoir or Jean Renoir, Renoir film yeah. like so many different films are in there uh, and even even the one and it's such what's so great is a great is, is when he's walking after they found out with his mom uh, that his father is officially dead um, he is sad his mom is crying 
but what lifts his spirits is seeing this tattered playbill or poster of Gone with the Wind on the yeah. wall. It brings co- it's in it's in it's in this vibrant color because it's a way of reflecting back to him that that's where he he's that's where he finds his joy. That's where he finds his in happiness. the antebellum south. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, right. It's right in uh, in movies, of course. Um, yeah. Um. So t- I have a question for you because sure. you've watched this movie far more than me. I mean, a million times. Man. Yeah. It's really in my top ten. Yeah. So Alfredo is this wise man. Yeah. And he drops his wisdom. And, he, you know, we all wish we had this wise man in our life. Sure. He's kind of a guy. It's, it's our dad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, I, I just, so there's a great book on martial arts. This is a digression. Okay. It made me think of it, which is uh, it's called It's a Lot Like Dancing. It's about an Aikido guy. Okay. And it's one of those books that has, you know, sometimes a page will be filled and sometimes a page will have a two sentence quote and that's it. And a lot mm-hmm. of photographs. And one of the quotes is, you just made me think of it is it's, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's something like you can have a dad and you can have a mentor, but don't expect your dad to be your mentor and don't expect your mentor to be your dad. Yeah. Your dad can love you unconditionally, but might never know you. Right. And the mentor can know you very well, but might not love you unconditionally. Yeah. And I was always, and I've always struck that by that line. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, cause that's why this is a really good book. The book yeah. is called, it's a lot like dancing. Okay. That's a really good book. Uh, even if you're not into martial arts, but, um, you know, and, and Alfredo, I think ends up being both. Yeah. He does love him unconditionally without yep. question. And he does know him in the way that maybe his dad never would have Yeah, because his dad doesn't have the love because they share the same love, mm-hmm. which is movies. So anyway, yeah. there's a scene where Alf- he and Alfredo sit down. Alfredo's an older man and he tells him a story. Yes. And the story is um, about, you know, it's a, it's sort of a fantasy story right. of a soldier in love with a princess. And the princess says, if you can stay below my balcony for 100 days and nights, I could be yours. Right. And he stays day after day, tired through the rain, through the story goes on. Right. And then on the 99th day, the soldier leaves. Right. And, and Toto says... Because obviously he's saying something. Alfredo's telling him something profound, and it's in the middle of his love with Elena. <laughs> yeah. And Toto says, "Why? Why did he leave?" And Alfredo says, "I don't know." Yeah. Don't ask me these. Don't things. ask me these things. Yeah. If you figure out, tell me. <laughs> tell me. Tell me what this story means, John. I really need to know. <laughs> uh, I think to me it just means that the it is about whether you can do it or not. It's not about achieving the goal. It's about the journey. And that's what uh, Fredo seems to Alfredo seems to have been telling him through the whole movie is that it's about enjoying the journey, enjoying the life, enjoying this world, being the best you can be, pursuing the goals, letting go of the past. Not per- and from the beginning with Elena, he tells him this is a doomed relationship. She's this. She's a beauty with blue eyes. She's a blonde hair. You're this. The, we cannot get women. We will not attain women like that. And you know why? Because we're destined to be heartbroken dreamers. And this is, is what that what Alfredo's telling. That's him? what he's kind. Of, what he's telling him. We're not going to get those kind of women because those kind of women want a stable, solid guy who does these kinds of things. And he's like, you're not that. And that's what he's trying to tell him that those beauties are unattainable for people like them who are dreamers, who are dreamers in that way. And that's why when he says this thing about the soldier, it relates. And then when you see later uh, Toto as a teenager tries to tell Elena, I'm going to sit under your balcony until you open the window. He does. But then even he walks away. He hits his limit because he realizes the, the, the fallacy of it all, you know, that it shouldn't be just one man doing everything and then she doesn't come to him. And what you see is when Toto walks away, ironically, she comes to him in the movie house. Let's say not ironically. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, like a guy who idealizes someone, mm-hmm. that's generally not attractive. You know, exactly. Pe- pe- people are 
like it when someone walks away. Sure, yeah. That, that's what attracts people. Yeah. You're not attracted to something that's right next to you and yeah. available. You're attracted to something that moves farther away. Yeah. You know, so the moment he goes away, that's the moment she comes. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's interesting that you say that though, because like one of the there are a lot of strange details in the film. Yeah, I want to go to the opening of the film. Sure. So we open the film with mom. Yeah. By the sea has gotten some information. She's called. She says that she's called her son. Yeah. Who obviously they don't see each other very much. Nope. The daughter's there, and then we cut to a, a older Toto coming home. Yeah. And there's a woman in his bed who he kisses and yeah. he's obviously in love with, and then the. The uh, woman, in, or I'm sorry, obviously has an attraction to. Yes. Yeah. That, that's exactly my point. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for correcting me. She says, your mom called. She thought I was someone else. Yeah. I, I let her just believe it. I played along. Yeah. So obviously this has happened before. Yes. His whole life since he left. That's what we're led to believe. Yes, exactly. And his mom says the same thing later on, right? I don't want to cut, cut you no, off. No, no. This is, this is exactly the point. Yeah. Is Toto happy? No. No. He's happy pursuing his life, but he's a heartbroken dreamer. That's what he is. That's what he is. And the best directors, and this is what I love about the film, man, because I relate because that's me. That's what I'm watching in Cinema Paradiso is me, a version of me. I know what that's like to pine for the woman that you cannot have. I've chased the beauty of my life, and I relate to him so well. And these series of girlfriends or women that he sleeps with, he can't find the connection because he's looking for Elena, and he can't is have her. Looking yes! For? He's looking for that love, that, that idealized love if he had of Elena. And the fact that she disappears with no notice and never sees her again, unless you stupidly watch the director's yeah, cut of this, this film, and... the three hours, two hours, 45 minutes director cut, he finds her. Right. It's horrible. Why is it horrible? It's horrible because he's... So, I'm sorry, let's, let's yeah. make this a little clearer. Yeah. So there's the true love, Elena, and as you say, she disappears. and then She does, while he's in the military. There, there's several different cuts of this film. There was a, a slightly longer cut yes. that didn't do very well in Italy. Yeah. And they cut it down, maybe cut 15, 20 minutes yes. out of it, and then that's the film that won the Grand yes. Jury Prize at Cannes. That's right. the film that won Best Picture, and then became internationally quite popular, which led to the release of this director's cut yeah. that you're describing. And tell me, describe what happens in the director's well, cut. Well, uh, he finds... Elena and she's married and they have they have this real sloppy affair and it just destroys they yeah they, well they have a moment or something in the car it just destroys uh, what had been his idealistic view of the love affair and it makes it so real it just kills it whatever lyrical beautiful thing it was it makes it too real too harsh too dramatic and it rips away the love story that you feel about the film and his idealist idealized version of his life and although that is certainly essential to understanding uh what the difference is between life and movies uh I think we have enough lessons in the movie that we don't need one more that makes that destroys this beautiful relationship. Well, yeah, that and, they and have. Elena is this magical person that's yes. there and is gone. Right. I, I, yeah, we don't want to. I could see why we don't want to go back to her. I'm telling you, if you watch it, you'll understand. It's just it, it just stabs it and tears it. It's essentially like what he video what he filmed his first film. It's essentially a, a culling of the bull or ox, right. whatever. They, they one were of his doing. first films is watching the slaughtering of a bull. Yeah, it's basically what they do to the love story by adding all that time in there. Plus, there's more to the films that he shot back then. So there's he becomes almost like a stalker. 
and that's what kills it. He becomes like a stalker. He goes to find her. He like forces himself. Like all, and it's just like oh. And so, well, with that great sales job, I'm not going to run right out <laughs> and like, watch the director's cut. As a complete as if you want to, but it just it just kind of like Apocalypse Now. When you watch the redo version, I do not like the redo version either. at all. It just takes away so much of what is the point of the movie. You know? And it's hard to say because I'd seen the original so many times yeah. before watching it that when suddenly Martin Sheen is smiling in a scene, I'm like, what's what's that about? Yeah. You know, and then we go to the, you know, and, and this points out something. Thing, yeah. yeah, the French plantation. <sighs> John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old, and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap, or even my favorite Marvel character of all time, Daredevil. Your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yes, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? Free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O.co. This, this points out something. One of the things, one of the myths I want to destroy on the course of this podcast mm. is the myth of the perfect director who has uh, the yeah. vision, the pre-created vision in their mind. We say this about Kubrick. It comes up a lot. Yeah. Hitchcock, it comes up a lot. The idea that they've already imagined the film and all they have to do is execute it. Yeah. Now, those guys are really smart. And maybe that's true of them. But for most mortals, that ain't true. And even great directors, Coppola being a perfect example, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, and it's re- we. They we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out in the script stage. We're trying to figure it out in the production stage, and we're trying to figure it out in the editing room. Mm-hmm. And that director's cut is a perfect example. Yeah, he thought this is what's going to work, and he was wrong. Unfortunately, in yeah. the version that, and even with the movie that he released first, yeah. first that wasn't quite it either. It took some yeah. time to figure it out. And 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 one of the things you have to have as a director is the strength to say no to yourself, mm-hmm. to accept the fact that you made a mistake, to accept the fact that something isn't working the way that you want it to work, because yeah. it rarely does, yeah. and just let it go. Well, this along with your myth, uh, destruction of that myth, I, I've been really recently just pushing 
the idea of how much people need to revere editors in film because Absolutely. they are the most uh, to me in my belief and maybe directors get angry at this or actors get angry at this to me they are the most essential part of any movie uh, the creation of any movie because they that is what your movie is the editing the editor creates your movie with you and it's the editor who fi- he or she finds the right stuff combines the right stuff finds the right takes puts them together and creates your movie with you with your vision and i think you cannot overstate how important a good editor is i'm I'm always hesitant to say anything is the most essential ah fair you know okay you know because if you don't have actors there's nobody on screen right if you don't have a dp then what you can't shoot if you don't have a script you know like it you know every single um cog in that machine of making a film is essential yeah but the editor's job is unique in the sense that the editor is the one who actually puts it together yeah who makes it work. And if you've been in the editing room and anyone who's interested in film, particularly actors, I always recommend that actors spend some time in the editing room because although it's very painful for actors is that you'll see when magic works, put two shots together, nothing, put two shots together, nothing, try them this way, nothing, put them here together. Ooh, something happened. (laughs) Exactly. And that, and, and, and that's what you're trying to do is to create magic. It happens within the juxtaposition of images and suddenly you're feeling something that you didn't feel before. And, 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 and cinema paradiso is a perfect example of it because they're long sequences. It's not a, um, driving story. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? No. There's not like a narrative engine that's pushing you along. Mm-hmm. What we'll have is a murderer in town. We must yeah. you know, escape them. It's lyrical. It's, it's um, paced slowly. It's mm-hmm. observational. And yet it builds to tremendous emotion. One of the remarkable things is you spend so much time in this theater and the theater burns down yeah. in the middle of the film, which is really upsetting. It's very upsetting. Um, and, then, and then the theater is rebuilt in this magical way and becomes this very magical place. And then at the end of the film, when Toto returns to the this to the city yeah you see the theater and it's been abandoned yeah and i was more moved by the destruction of the theater of a building mm-hmm. than by almost anything else in the film <laughs> yeah because you spent so much time there and you have yeah. such you the film the filmmaker has such love of that movie theater and yeah. love of and that movie theater as it represents community as it represents film yeah. as it represents the dreams of your main character and the main characters have such love of yeah. that place and the and the town has so much love of that place when i see that place falling apart it hurts yeah. because you realize that something is over yeah you know and that's something that alfredo says he says you can leave town and if you come back you think you can bring up that pick up that thread where you started but you can't right it's one of the most powerful things when he convinces him to leave, to leave and then to stay gone, which yeah. we find out that he has for 30 years. And I love this throwaway line that the mom has with him when he's finally come back and he's walking through the, ho- the, or the house or the apartment, wherever his mom is living. And she says, oh, I'll, why don't you rest? I'll get you some. He's like, no, no, mom, it's only an hour away by a plane. And she goes, after all this time, you shouldn't have told me that, yeah. that you could have come back at any point because it's only an hour away by plane. And it's that's so power. But then at the end, she also absolves him because she says, you did the right thing when she catches him, which is so perfect when she catches him as the older Toto watching the film of Elena. 30 years he's looked for Elena. That's what he's done. The films have replaced Elena. That's his true love is the film. But I mean, that's what he loves his film, but his true love is Elena and that he cannot find her anymore. And so he's still caught up in that. And when she, so later when she asks him when they're by the thing and he's smoking, she says, what's on your mind? And he's saying, well, I haven't talked to you. I don't, I hardly know my sister and blah, blah, blah. She said, you did the right thing. You did 
did the right thing by leaving, you know, and my mom has had that conversation with me a couple of times. Yeah, but you've come home to visit her. I have, but only once a year. Some people go home like Sarah, our friend Sarah goes home four or five times to see his mom, her mom. I'm good seeing my family once a year for Christmas I'm, because my life is here. My friends are here. My, my second family is here, you know? Yeah. I, 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 so in your mind, yeah. Alfredo's advice was right. Yes. Because he would have never been this successful film director if he had stayed in the town. He'd have accepted being just a cog, Whoa, another cog not talking, in the town. I'm not, it's not the stay in the town. Absolutely. Toto's got to get out of town. Yes. No question. He's got to go to yeah. Rome. It's go out of town and never, ever come back. I will never speak to you again. Never, never come back to see your family, to uh -huh. visit your mom. Never come back here at all. Yeah. It's that piece of advice that I go, was that good advice? Yes. Again, because Toto is a dreamer and he needs his heart to be hardened to survive. And I think that's what he's been to, trying to teach him from the beginning. And that's what's even when he was a child, he's been trying to teach him that, that the world is tough. This is not an easy place. This you got, and this is what, you know, and once again, this is why I relate. My dad told me this all the time. And so what did your dad and, tell you? Oh, he would just tell me all the time. You got to be tougher than everybody else. You got to be stronger. You can't cry. You can't let them see you fall apart. You can't let all this kind of jazz. It, it was all this stuff because he knew I was a sensitive kid. Growing, from the beginning of birth, I was a sensitive child about a lot of things. And so my dad was always afraid that I was going to suffer in this world because he had suffered in this world because he was kind of semi-sensitive himself. He had suffered in this world and been betrayed and been hurt and been lied to and had, thing, had people like stab him in the back. And so he didn't want that for me. So in his mind, he thought by telling me all his experiences and by telling me to, to not trust a lot of people, to stay strong, to stay divided, to stay separated from people, always be aware of what can happen to you, that he was helping me. Uh, but in the long run, that that isn't what was effective for me. It works out in the film to a degree for Toto because he does become successful, but there's so yeah, much heartbreak within, his, within yeah, him, I mean, and he, you can see it in his that, face. That's where I kind of go, yeah. I, and, and this is not a criticism of the film. No, no, no. So much as it's a... I don't know how to feel at yeah. the ending because Toto is who he is throughout, which is this yeah. observer yeah. and he's this person. Oh, he's not going to have love and the end, which will spoil anyway, is that yeah. so, so in the very beginning of the film, we meet young Toto as an altar boy in the church yeah. and they go, he goes with the priest to the theater where the, the, the priest gets to preview every film. Mm -hmm. And then he, does he bring a bell? Yes. He yeah. rings a bell he every time he has a cut. Every, anytime there's anything remotely sexual, a kiss or, you know, a look or anything yeah. like that. An over aggressive hug. An over aggressive hug. He rings a bell and Alfredo will cut that scene out of the movie. Yeah. So this town in Sicily has never seen people kiss on screen yeah. in 30, 40 years of movies until we get to what seems like the early 60s. Yeah. And then suddenly those, the kissing starts to, mm -hmm. to happen. And so Alfredo has been cutting these scenes out. Yeah. And, and Toto says, what happened? This is little boy Toto says, what happens to the kissing scenes? And he says, oh, I try to find the place but to put him back in. But sometimes I can't find the right, place. Right. Oh, what happens to them? And I don't remember what he says now. Oh, well, there's a stack of them in a, in a, in a bin right oh, on the other right. side of the projection. Right. A projection, whatever, what is it? The film projector, there's a stack of the strings of them. Yeah, right. And Toto finds of, them. Of the clips. And, that, and then time goes by. And mm -hmm. we don't really think about it much at sure. all. And then... And then uh, adult Toto comes back to town for Alfredo's funeral and he's seen yeah. all the people that he knew and all the life that he knew and then he gets Alfredo he, we find out has given him a reel of film 35 yeah. millimeter film right and he t goes back to Rome and he's in his projection booth and he puts that 35 millimeter film on which I really hope that projectionist was really careful because that stuff would burst <laughs> into flames 
<laughs> and what is it? <laughs> That's a good point. It's the sequence of all the kissing. Yeah. It's all the outtakes, all those cut moments of kissing. Right. And it's so lovely and it's so romantic and it's so lush and it's such a, a beautiful, loving gift from his mentor mm-hmm. he hasn't seen in 30 years. And at the same time, there's part of me that's going, this is his only kissing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, yes, he has women, but he has no love. Mm-hmm. That his only existence of, of romantic love is from the outside observing. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's a, it's a very bittersweet ending to me. Absolutely. Very bittersweet. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I keep going back to Alfredo's advice. Mm-hmm. And was this what? Because because we don't know who Toto could have been. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, he, he is who he is. Yeah. And 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 we don't know because it is interesting. This is the director's second film, shot in his hometown. Yeah. We don't know who. I don't know anything about the guy. Okay. Not really. I mean, because you know this. You know this film much yeah, better yeah, than yeah. me. So I don't know if he's a happy guy or an unhappy guy. Or and it's funny. Maybe this is me as a guy in my late forties, where me as a guy probably when I saw it the first time, yeah. I was like, yes choose the life of art over everything else that's yeah. what you should do yeah. and now as a guy in my late 40s i'm like eh, maybe don't do that <laughs> maybe that's not such a good idea but see but then you've become alfredo no because i would never tell my kid you just said it's not such a good idea it's not such a good idea to choose the life of art over love and everything else oh i'm saying that maybe don't choose the life of art okay i'm saying if, if my kid came to me and wanted advice but what's the difference What do you mean? If you love film as much as you can love a woman, being denied the love of film is no different than being denied the love of a woman. That's what I'm saying. Toto, I mean, Alfredo saw that Toto's real love was film. Was The thing he loved the most was film. So Toto said, I mean, Alfredo said to Toto, go get out of here. Go pursue your dream. Go be a success. Go be this. But he also saw that he loved Elena. He did, but he always knew that it was destined to fail. Why? He how said that t- from the beginning. How, how does he know that? Well, some, some things you know as a man, as your older and also but also and you can make a point and this goes to your point steve and this may support your argument toto is a flawed mentor because also he's just a projectionist in town an illiterate projectionist in town his his points of views are sweet and they're poignant at times but again he's limited intelligence limited well, i don't know he's limited intelligence offer. he's obviously very intelligent he's not very uh, learned except in i, I guess that's what i mean yeah, very, he's, he's, he's limited very learned. intelligent yeah 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 he's, he's um, learned yeah, it's, it's, well, it's funny. It's like hmm. if this is a movie that's a fairy tale, which in yeah. a lot of ways it is. It is. Then the mentor is giving you the good advice because he's Merlin. Right. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. the wise old man. And and it's a movie is very lyrical and yeah. fairy tale-ish in the way that it's presented. And in that sense, yes, Toto had a destiny. Yeah. And to achieve that heroic stature as director required sacrifice of love yeah. and life. And yeah. in a fairy tale, that makes sense. Yeah. If this is a real story about real life then that's where it falls it's not that it falls apart as a film right that's where i start to go oh i don't know how i feel about this because there is nothing that says you can't have art and have love no of course not you know there's nothing that says that you can't have art and still love your mom yeah of course you know and yet he does love his mom he didn't come home for 30 years that's kind of a dick move well i don't think i don't agree with you when you start because we have a common friend who does not go home to see his mom for christmas a lot well, I, I actually... And he loves his mom dearly. Yeah, I think once you have some money, which he clearly did... He does. And he's had some money, at least, let's say, for 15 years, sure. probably. And 
and it's an hour away by plane, you should go visit your mom. Well, maybe he's not ready to confront those feelings of that town. Because Alfredo told him that. Right, but also because Elena is attached to the town. It's funny. You put Elena... It's not that... You you know this movie way better yes, than me. Yes, well... You're, you're, the, you're the PhD <laughs> I've also, in this movie. I've also put meaning on it, so, you know. Well, that's what's interesting. And, that, and this is... Mm. It's funny. You know what's interesting, which I, I, I'm happy about, and I was hoping that this would happen. Yeah. Almost everything we've watched up to this point and talked about, we've agreed. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yes. We, yes. And, and in this film, there, it, there's so much level for us mm-hmm. to go like, well, what does that mean? Right. You know, cause, because you can put your own meaning onto it. You know, like I put the, man, I, I, I love movies. And watching that kid mm-hmm. watch movies, that's how I felt too. Right. So I put that on. But then I also put on the, I have a family and I have a mm-hmm. wife and I have a child and I have all these things. And I'm at the point now where I'm sort of, not as driven yeah. as an artist, you know, as I was when I was 25. Right. When I was 25, that's all, that was everything. So that's my question to you. Do you remember having this issue with the film when you saw it the first time? No, I can't. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I have but, no idea. But 25 year old, you're saying it as 25 year old, you're, you're, and that's what, that's the time we find uh, Toto going off right. from the chase. He's in, he's just, he's in his, just like, finished the army. Yeah. He's in his early, early 20s. 20s. Yeah. He's going off. So the drive, the ambition, the career, he goes, cause that's what's important to him at that time is establishing himself, becoming successful, whatever, you know, it is that if love happens, love happens. His great love was Elena and his great love. His first love. His, his great first love. Sure. Well, in the, in the context of the film, you're totally right. She, he, That's his she great, was his only no love. You see no other love. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, and this is, you know, at this points out that it's really, cause you're seeing it now as a 40, 40 year old with a wife. And, it's a whole different perspective. Whole different thing. But if you're a yeah. 20 year old watching this, you're like, yeah, Toto gave him the right. Fuck yeah. Go. Well, because when you're 20, you go, well, that's it. I had love. I will never have that again. Or, or yeah. I, I'm sure I'll find it. But I'm going to go pursue well, and you my believe, career. You believe in these things in your early 20s, yes. like true love. Yes. I don't believe in true love. Right. No. I did once, yeah. Yeah, because you go, now I've been married for yeah. 19 years. Love is complicated. <laughs> love you is know? work. It's love. work, yeah. and, it's, and people are... And, 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 this is, and this actually is a really good point about this film, is that movies want to present things in a simple way. Yeah. Because they're movies. You've got a couple hours. And so they're good guys and bad guys. And, yeah. And... and, and 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 things are romantic and things have to make sense. Yeah. The real world doesn't make sense in that way. Things are confusing and people don't have like in a movie, I have a super objective. Yeah. I want to be a director. In life it's like, well, I want that, but I also want, you know, to get home and right. take a nap. Our our motivations are often complicated and difficult and people yeah. don't particularly make sense. Yeah. And so this movie is sort of a lyrical movie thing about this person's life if yeah. we take everything at face value it's exactly as you say he had his true love mm-hmm. he had to choose between true you know true love and his real true love which is film yeah. and he made that choice alfredo is the is the wise man who right. does even you know he's the blind man that sees into your soul yep. and he is all those things and then and that's all correct mm-hmm. but then if you go like well wait is this is this real life well then, then I think about his mom on the on the island for thirty years, going, "Where's my fucking son?" Right. You know, I think about the idea of don't ever come home is so harsh, and that life mm-hmm. is not usually black and white decisions. No. You know, it doesn't work that way. But she is 
she sits there on the train and puts him on the train with her sister. She understands what she's doing in that moment. But she didn't know she did she didn't know that Alfredo was going to lay that heavy shit on him when he was leaving. Don't she, don't come back. Don't she, she, your mom goes, "Wait, what? I won't open, <laughs> I won't open what do the mean, door. Don't come to back. You. I won't open the door to you if you ever come back." But I think I think that happens for a lot of people as they leave a situation and you know there was nothing to indicate that his mom didn't love him. His mom loved him. She, she the, the movie goes out a good movie kind of highlights these difficult times in their relationship but as he becomes a teenager there's not a lot of the mom interaction well the, that we see when he was a kid no and and, and part I mean, of it purposefully is, so i mean this is post-world war ii yeah. italy so in 1946 or 47 yeah, when yeah, the movie yeah. starts you know these people are living on on at starvation yeah, yeah, levels yeah. and it, when you live in at starvation levels to have a kid who keeps sneaking off to the movies that's a real problem yeah exactly because this isn't like like in particularly the the 50 lira scene yeah so, so, so beautiful it's a beautifully done scene where he is he was supposed to go buy the milk uh-huh and it's for the of, family for the family and this is like life or death stuff yeah and rather than do that he snuck in he not snuck in he paid to go to the movie theater spent all day in the movie theater yeah and then comes out mom finds him and she's slapping him mm-hmm. and that she waited all day and that he lost the money and of course alfredo sees this yeah and he's with the usher the guy who runs the theater yeah and says uh Oh yeah, what, why are you lying to your mother? Mm-hmm. You know that you got in free to the movie theater, and, yeah. and Toto gives that sort of well, what? <laughs> and, and then um, he, the, Alfredo, turns to the usher and says, "What is it? What did you find in the seats today?" Yeah, and the usher very slow, slow on the, as hell, slow in the uptake. Goes, <laughs> I found a comb and this piece of paper, and I found this. And Alfredo does this beautiful sleight of hand. He's like, "Oh, I see you found this fifty lira note yeah. too," and hands it to mom. And does mom know? Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. The look on her face. Mom knows that's coming from Alfredo. She knows she can't be proud to not accept it either. Yeah. And that's that's some beautiful, beautiful Mm -hmm. storytelling right Mm -hmm. there. Well, that's what is so beautiful about the movie, man. Even with the lyrical nature of it all, it still is realistic in its portrayal of those times. It's a window into a time that a lot of us will never experience again or never experience, will never experience, period. Uh, You know, I don't know how many small towns there are that are still like this all over the country. I mean, all over the world. And and you see, especially in the sequence when they do the the bike back and forth between the towns uh, you see how more dilapidated the other theater is in that town because the person who built it didn't win the lottery like the right. the guy who wins the lottery in, in the other town in so, so to explain this sequence for those yeah. of you who haven't seen it so uh what you should know is that films are divided into reels yeah so when you go to see a movie the- movie in a movie theater you think it's just one continuous thing but in fact there's seven or eight reels of film uh, that have to be loaded in and played continuously. Now, today, they have great ways of doing this yep. that aren't a problem. But back in the time, you had to sw- manually switch over the reels. Yeah. And so rather than having uh, two different prints of a film for these two small towns that are next door, they're having a guy on a bicycle ride each reel back and <laughs> forth just in time for it to be ready. And, of course, he's not making it Multiple time. screenings. Multiple screenings. Multiple screenings. Riding up and down this hill on the, on the Sicilian <laughs> coast. And... Uh, and of course, he's not making it in time. Right. So you've got people in the audience going, "Start the movie! Start the right. movie!" 
It's hilarious. Yeah, and it's a great, but the movie itself is a great progression through time, through decades, through political leanings, through changes in the culture, changes in Italy, all the stuff that's happening, you see it in the movie, and that's what's so fantastic. And how do you see it? You see it through film. Yep. You see it through the films that are being shown. You see it from these occasional banter between the townsfolks, especially the guy who leaves to go to Germany. You see mm-hmm. the guy, yeah, go over, let Stalin give you a job. I mean, like, what does that mean? He's going to Germany. How's Stalin, a Russian figure, factor in? Oh, it's because he's a communist. Oh, okay. But you have all that. There is still, there is this thing and you see the progression like you were mentioning earlier, we start to see nudity in the movie. Right. Theater, like all that because that's the society progress. And that's what's so great about the movie. I think it reflects a time in another country that we went through as, Amer- as, Amer- as America as well. You know, I'm sure there were many priests that would go to movies. Even nowadays, there's a website you can go where you can order a movie that has cut out all the sex scenes oh, really? or kissing scenes. Yes, it's a, it's a, I think it's a Catholic website or a Christian website. You can go and order films and they have personally cut out uh, the uh, uh, questionable stuff in movies. So it still happens, Good the influence know. of religion. Maybe yeah. we can have them sponsor the cinephiles. You no, know, no, we don't. No, probably, I don't want them to sponsor so the cinephiles. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's funny, you make such a good point and, and I think one of the things that's so noticeable to me that's so lovely about this film is that movies tend to focus on heroic deeds, particularly yeah. today. So you're watching Captain America or you're watching, you know, John McClane. Yeah. You're watching these heroic figures and in particularly big movies and we don't focus on the guy, the normal guy. Mm-hmm. And this movie over literally 40 years yeah. is focusing on just ordinary people yeah and you get to watch little snippets of them over time over a long period of time and there's something really moving seeing who they become yeah because we're not very good at remembering stuff like i know that i'm i actually knew my mom when she was 32 right but i can only picture my mom as she is 75 today it's hard to picture then and i remember i had an experience which i don't know if this is just reminding me of it we were at my uncle's house, and my uncle had found a bunch of 16-millimeter film Oh wow! from when they were kids. Oh, man. And so he's showing this film, and, and it's my dad and my uncle when my dad's 11, and my uncle was six, yeah. and all of the cousins. And the thing that I realized in watching it was they kept shooting the kids. Yeah. And, the, and the thing, too, about this era is that film was precious. Yeah. You know, everyone has their iPhones and whatever. You can film all you want. You can film right. that, and we all do. Um, and I think there's something sad about that because there's something about the, no, this is all there is. Mm-hmm. We only have these three minutes and they kept filming the kids and then the camera would pan by and I would see my grandmother at 30 something. Oh, years wow. Old, you know, or 28 years old. Yeah. Or I would see the house that they lived in or their car yeah. or their clothes my grandfather was wearing, wearing. And I wanted to yell at the person running the camera, stop, <laughs> show me that. Stop showing those kids. I like the kids, but show us the world that we lived in, Yeah, you know, because I don't get to see my, my when I met my grandfather in my memory, he was 65, 70 yep. years old yep. and seeing him as a young man, you know, in a three piece suit you know, going off to work or something. I was like, wow. And this is something that's in this movie Mm -hmm. throughout is you get to see just these ordinary people and how they sit in the movie theater and how they smoke their cigarette and what they like over a long period of time as they grow older. Right. Well, it's funny to me because for me, what I found watching it again now, because I hadn't seen it in 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 maybe a year or two, but I remember... 30 years. (laughs) 30 years. years. I didn't want to go back to it. No, uh, I remember when I watched it younger, I was obsessed with 
with the love affair between him and Elena. Just obsessed beautiful, with the beauty. Right, affair. romantic. It's very romantic, right? She, she, all the scenes are romantic. How they fall, the montage of them falling in love is romantic. Her coming to see him in the rain after oh, the yeah. summer has ended, very romantic. Her coming to see him in the uh, in the movie theater, yep. very romantic. All their relate, all their interactions are very. Even the first time he sees her is romantic. Picking up her sandwich, beating up the guy so he can be the one that picks it up. Like all of that sneaking into the uh, into the confessional to it's oh, yeah. very romantic. All those, those are things of young love, and so I always loved that. Was very moved by that. Was very heartbroken by it through the movie. This time around, I cried in a different place because I'm older. I cried and I used to cry at the end of the Elena situation. I used to cry when he goes off and leaves his mom. I used to cry at that. Now I cried when he came back because he saw how old everybody was. He saw, and that's how I feel now, you know, having lost my dad, seeing him get older and pass away, seeing other uncles, other friends getting older, getting grayer, that kind of jazz. You're just like, and myself, I mean, to a degree, I'm seeing that in myself in moments. And so it's like, this is, this is, so I got, I got really sad because I'm turning that corner in my life where I'm going to start losing people at a more frequent pace. And it's like, that's just truth. And so when I, when I, when I was seeing that, it got me emotional this morning thinking about seeing the the old, uh, illiterate guy who was the usher at the movie theater, seeing the old guy who used to own the, when he has that moment where he's like, Mr. Defeaty. And he's like, and Toto's like, what's this Mr. Mr. Defeaty stuff? You used to order me around all the time. Right. And he says, well, you're a big deal now. And there's that kind of thing of like the progression of life. And once again, although we don't see those 30 years, we see those 30 years Absolutely. in that progression, in that funeral procession, you know? Yeah. That's, I had this exact same experience yeah. seeing those faces in that group. And, and and it's interesting, too, that they are not only transformed by age, but they are transformed in their perception of him. Yes. Because their way, just as you say, their way of relating to young Toto yeah. is completely different from the great director coming back. Right. And in a way, you know, what Alfredo says is certainly true. Those threads are cut. Yeah. He can't relate to them the way he related to them before. And it's funny. I don't know if you did. You did you go to high school reunions? Yeah, I went to my 20 year. Yeah, I went to mine, too. And I think there's always... Something about you can reinvent history when you go to sure. it on some level. Sure. And you can't. No. It'll be different. You fall into the same patterns at times. Yeah, 20 years later. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and it, but it's, it's a weird thing is that you, what you want on some level is to bring all the wisdom and the, and the changes and the growth and the hardship and everything you've gained yeah. back and redress the issues of the past yeah. and still have the same relationships. And you can't, you can't do all these things. They're not going to understand all the changes you've been through because they right. didn't see them. Right. And they're, and, and they're, they're not going to let you turn it into something that it's not. And right. So it's just this sort of weird, you know, uh, Thomas Wolf, you can't go home again. Well, I know? think that has changed now with the advent of Facebook. I That's think true. Facebook changes things. I, I became friends with so many high school friends that I had no contact with. Uh, after I went to my 20 year high school reunion, cause we all became Facebook friends and now, and they all got caught up on my life and now they're like the biggest supporters and champions of the stuff that I do. And it's still tough for me to go home cause I don't feel like that's my home anymore. My home is here in LA, but it's, but the connections I still have with them, I'm looking forward to my 30 year high school reunion and it's always nice to see the changes of who, who is like 
really picked themselves up and survived, who hasn't, who was supposed to and didn't. Like, and that's what's so great about the movie, too. It evokes that as well. Going back, you see what has happened to all those people and how they... And that's why I thought it was a bit of a cop-out that they changed actresses for his mom. I thought that was a bit of a cop-out. So right? Because she's... Well, they didn't change everyone else. They, they didn't, didn't change, change anyone else but his yeah. mom. And I thought that was a mistake because she is, A, way too short, the one they chose, and also way too old for him coming back only 30 years after he left. He left when he was... she seemed like a little old Italian lady. Right. Yeah. She was in her 20s when he was four years old, so she'll be, in his, she'll be in her 50s, late 50s, early 60s. She would not look like that. You know, that woman looked like she was in her 70s. So it just well, in my mind. Well, if he left at 20 and, it's, and she was, therefore, probably 40... Sure. She'd be in her 70s. Oh, I guess you're right. Um, no, well... Uh, maybe. I think she was in her 35. I think she was 35 when he left. So she had... 38? She had him at 15? Maybe she had him at 18. You know, they had him young back Okay, 38. Then. 38. Yeah. 30 years later, that's 68. So, all right, fine. Um, but... Still a she, cop out. She didn't look right. That's the big thing Cause, to me. Cause, yeah, because uh, Alfredo's wife should have been way older than, than she sure. was, you know? Sure. And, okay, let's not end on that note, because <laughs> yeah. that's like a minor note. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you my final thoughts. Sure, on please. I'll let you finish it up. Yeah. Um, I... I it's funny. This is our first foreign film. Yes. And what really is exciting to me and why I'm really curious to hear what other people think is this more than anything we've done before is a movie about film yeah. and the love of film and the love of being a film watcher. And that is what our podcast is. Yeah. You know, and there's almost part of me. I, I, I recognized, I don't know, 10 or 15 movies that get played. And there are a whole bunch where I kind of like, I think that's Italian neorealism. Maybe yeah, it's Rome yeah. Open City. I don't know. <clears throat> but there's such a, a deep love of the idea of being an audience and and that's really what we're doing on this podcast yeah. is is that the idea that we can actually spend some time some serious time thinking about being an audience of these films right and that was what was really exciting to me in addition to just the beautiful music the beautiful cinematography the wonderful performances yeah. and this wonderful lyrical quality about this small town so what are your final thoughts uh my final thoughts is if you haven't seen it and you've gotten all the way through this podcast please uh go find it and see it i think it's on netflix now and yeah, it's, it's on netflix it, yeah, it is okay good yeah. and you can stream it in a number of places and it's a it's not that expensive a blu-ray it's like eight buck blu-ray i would say go see the two hour and watch the two hour and five minute version if you want to take a chance and watch the unedited version knock yourself out go ahead but this film is if you're a lover of film this film is your language there's so many people over the last six to eight months that i've turned on to this film who've tweeted at me how much they loved experiencing this film because they love film and that's what this film is all about if you're a lover of film if you're a heartbroken dreamer this film is your jam and you will enjoy it to pieces even if and if you have foreign parents even more so because it really evokes that time uh so yeah I definitely recommend the film to anybody who wants to watch and tweet us your thoughts. And we definitely want to hear your thoughts. You can visit us on Facebook at uh, The Cinephiles. That's Cine-Files with an F. And uh, you can reach me at SR Morris on Twitter. John, where can they reach you? They can always reach me at The Roca Says, T-H-E-R-O-C-H-A-S-A-Y-S. You see all the shows I'm hosting, co-hosting. And the top 10 show, uh, Collider's uh, Collider Network on YouTube at 5 p.m. on Wednesdays. It's a fantastic show. You should definitely check it out. And uh, please review us on iTunes and that's it for this week we'll see you next time on The Cinephiles